All right, so today we'll be going over the story of Jesus calming the storm, which Jeremy touched on earlier, which is found in all three of the synoptic gospels. It is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and today we're going to be going over the one that's found in Luke. Most of you are probably familiar with this story and probably heard it in a Sunday school growing up, or you heard it in church at some point, that this is one of the more popular stories of Jesus. And sometimes with stories that we've heard many times, it can be easy just to look at the title and just say, oh, I know this story, I'm just going to move on with, to the next one. And I can say that I've been guilty of this too, but it's important just not to skip over familiar stories just because you know them. Because when we read the Bible, we are reading the living word of God, which is a tra the transforming power. And in my experience, like, it doesn't happen every single time, but it's amazing how sometimes I could read a story or a passage or a verse dozens of times, and sometimes there are times when rereading something in the Bible, the Holy Spirit brings something new to my attention, and I think, huh, I didn't catch that before. I don't know if you've had that experience. So as we go through the story, let's pray that God would speak to us through the power of his living word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your word. We pray today that you would speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would open up our eyes, that you would open up our ears to hear what you have to say to us today. We pray that anything that I might say that is not of you, that it would just fall away, and that the words that come from you would stick. Lord, we love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. The verse will also be on the screen as well. All right, so verse, starting at verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down the lake, and so the boat was being swamped. They were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So the main idea for this sermon, the main whole thing for the sermon is right here. Jesus is sovereign over his creation and that he is the giver of peace in the storms of life. So I'm personally, I'm not much of a seafarer and I would not consider myself an expert in, of the seas in any kind of fashion. When I was a child growing up, 
I lived in Chicago, and I remember my dad taking me out with one of his friends out to Lake Michigan. We went out on a small to medium-sized boat to go fishing. And we left the shoreline, and we went out to where you couldn't see the shore anymore. And so when we couldn't see the shore anymore, the boat kind of started rocking a little bit, and that's when I started to feel a little bit nauseated, and you know, as seconds progressed, it turned into a couple minutes, and yeah, I didn't feel too well. So we went back to shore, and that's kind of most of my experience that I have out on the, on the, on the open waters. So you fast forward about 20 years later, my wife, Allison, and I move up here to Minnesota. So she's originally from Minnesota, and also, you know, there's thousands of lakes up here, and there's water everywhere. And, you know, as I've learned a little bit about the culture up here, I'm fairly certain that students are required to know how to attach a boat to a trailer in order to graduate from high school. <laughs> you know, I can't say with 100% certainty, but I'm just fairly certain that's the case. So about a year ago, we went out to Green Lake in the New London Spicer area. We went out with some friends out on a pontoon. So when we went out, the winds were sustained at around 20 to 30 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hear that when I'm from Chicago. I'm like, 20 to 30 miles an hour, that's not too bad. But yeah, y'all know. And so when we first went out into the lake, the waves were not that bad because we were kind of closer to shore. But when we started to make out into the middle of the lake, that's when things started to get uh, a, little, a little bad. So at one point, the waves got, uh, I, I don't even know how high they were, but at one point, the pontoon took a nosedive into an oncoming wave, and the motor came up out of the back of the boat, and the entire boat tipped forward. All eight passengers, and probably the dog on board with us, thought that the boat was going under and we were going to be launched out of the boat, surging in the water. So my wife, Allison, was in the front of the boat, and her twin sister was there too. So the boat goes into the wave, and I'm pretty sure that they were waist-deep in water up in the front there. <laughs> Slightly terrifying. Fortunately, the boat driver knew what he was doing. He knew, okay, we go into the wave. Okay, back up out of the wave. Okay, let's go back to shore. So... That's when he urgently and calmly told us, let's all go to the center or the back of the boat here. Okay. So it was fortunate we had knew someone who knew what they were doing, and he did it, and we eventually made it back to shore, soaked and shaking, but in one piece. So when you experience moments like that, during those crazy moments, thoughts just race through your mind. The thoughts that went through my mind were, well, I hope we're going to make out of this alive. And it's a pontoon, so if the boat flips over, it'll float, right? Or if it flips over, it'll float, right? I'm not sure if you ever had any of those moments that, are, that happen in your life where everything is going great, calm, smooth, smooth sailing, and then seemingly out of nowhere, the storms of life just kick in. Kick up, and the waves just start blowing, and the waves just start crashing into the boat and they just keep coming. The storms of life can vary. It could be problems with your job, job loss, family problems, health problems, the loss of a loved one. And if you are going through a storm or have just come out of one, I want to remind you, Jesus is sovereign over his creation and that he is the giver of peace to the storms in life. So let's dive a little deeper into the story 
And we can start right at the beginning. When we look right at the beginning of the section in verse 22, Jesus was the one that instructed the disciples to head out to the other side of the lake. So they followed Jesus' instruction, got into the boat, and set out to the other side of the lake. Jesus fell asleep, which is not too shocking because in the other accounts of the story, this was evening, and Jesus had been teaching all day, so it makes sense that Jesus would need to go to sleep. Showing his humanity, Jesus gets tired, and he needed sleep. As Jesus was sleeping, a storm came, and the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. And I think that it's interesting that the Luke, the writer, wrote that they were swamped with water and that they were in great danger. It's just not a little water came into the boat and the disciples' feet got a little wet, but it was enough to threaten their lives. And from the sounds of it, the storm seemingly came out of nowhere. Growing up, and still today, I would consider myself a weather geek. While I, <laughs> while I was growing up, I was thinking that I could be a meteorologist. Just... <laughs> I hear the laughs. Just for everyone's awareness, this is someone who studies weather. I took meteorology classes when I was in college just out of curiosity, but I knew I wanted to be a pastor one day. But little did I know that one day I would use this information in a sermon. So has anyone here been to the Sea of Galilee? Oh, quite a few of you. Awesome. So it's technically a lake because it's fresh water, not salt water, but it's called Sea Out of Tradition. And I, I have not personally been there. I've just seen pictures and videos of storms over the Sea of Galilee and just read about it. Thank you, Google. But the Sea of Galilee is in a low position in a valley, and it is surrounded by large hills. What happens is that there is warm, moist air that's over the lake, and there is cool air that flows in from the mountains. So, if you remember from science class growing up, cool air sinks and warm air rises. So, what happens is that you have this cool air move in and it pushes the warm, moist air up into the atmosphere and the warm, moist air condenses into water droplets and produces rain. And so what happens is when you have a stronger, cooler wind meet up with this warmer, moist air, it, it causes the warmer air to move up more quickly and that's what happens when, that kind of creates a violent thunderstorm when that happens quickly. So that is your random science fact for the day. You can apply for the Weather Channel tomorrow. So on the Sea of Galilee, these cooler winds come quickly off the mountain, which produces these violent storms seemingly out of nowhere. These storms are fairly common over the Sea of Galilee, and I share this because some of the disciples were commercial fishers as a profession, and they were used to this kind of unpredictable, violent weather that can come out of nowhere. So when Luke writes that the boat was swamped and that they were in great danger, remember that these are trained fishermen who are out on the waters, who are doing this on a day-to-day -day basis, and who are experienced in this kind of weather. So when Luke says that they're in great danger, there is a problem. The storm that they are experiencing is much greater than the knowledge of how to handle the current storm that they're facing. And just like the disciples, we will face storms that are completely out of our control. Another, sto another storm that is easy to pick out is the book of Jonah. Jonah, a prophet of the Lord, was told by God to go to the Ninevites and preach to them. 
But Jonah immediately ran away from the Lord, took a ship to get out to the sea, to get out of the area. And then the Lord sent a great storm, which Jonah was sleeping in the boat while the storm was going on. The captain had to wake up from his sleep to let him know that the ship was in complete distress. So, I don't know about you, but people thousands of years ago must have been great sleepers because <laughs> there's a storm going on. And I, like when I'm at my house, there's a cricket going off or there's a bird chirping at like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm like up for hours. I'm like, when is that bird going to be quiet? You know, I appreciate songbirds and the noise that they make, but 3 a.m. might just be a little early. Anywho, to get back to the story. So this raging storm is going on and rocking the ship back and forth, crashing thunder, waves, and the captain goes down to wake Jonah. And Jonah says to throw him off to fix the problem. So they throw him off, and he gets swallowed by a big fish. Storm subsided. Fish spits him out. Jonah does what he's told to do. He preaches to the Ninevites, and they repent from their sins, and God doesn't destroy the city. Jonah gets upset at God, and that's the end of the book. That's the book of Jonah in a nutshell. But... Jonah disobeys God, and God sent the storm in his life, and Jonah turned back to God. Whereas this storm that the disciples are facing is a storm that's testing the faith of the disciples, and to truly show his sovereignty in that Jesus reigns over everything. So they had just seen him heal the sick previously in the story, and they seen him raise the dead, and now they are seeing that he is Lord over creation. So we continue with verse 24. The storm is raging. The boat is being swapped, swamped with water. The disciples are in great danger. And Jesus is sleeping while all of this is happening. Once again, I wish I had the ability to sleep like this. But the disciples decided that they should probably wake Jesus at this point. So this is probably how their conversation went, how the disciples approached Jesus. So I'm certain one of the disciples kind of approached Jesus calmly, saying, Hey, Jesus, um, you, know, you know your disciple Peter? Uh, he's, he's a little scared of thunder, gets a little scared when he hears thunder. Um, I know you're sleeping and we didn't really want to disturb you, but can you help Peter in some kind of way? That didn't happen. So most likely the disciples woke up Jesus in a panic, and they just screamed, Master, Master, we're going to drown. What's interesting about this situation is that the disciples, once again, are familiar with the Sea of Galilee and that they've worked on this body of water. And we can see this on Luke chapter 5 when Jesus first calls his disciples. And that they say the Lake of Gennesaret, but if you look at your footnotes in the Bible, it says the Sea of Galilee. It's the same name. So these disciples know, know this lake. They know that this is going on. So that when they're approaching Jesus like this, there is imminent Danger happening. They met the end of what they could handle. How many of us have faced storms that are beyond what we can handle? When we face these seemingly insurmountable storms and trials, we can look to the book of James, which says, To count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect in that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. As people on the earth, trials in life are a guarantee. 
If you haven't experienced one, just wait. It's not an if, but it's a when. And when we experience trials of various kinds, what sets believers apart from non-believers is the peace and assurance that we have that Jesus is with us in the middle of every storm and that he is sovereign over them too, just as Jeremy was saying earlier. We are never alone in our struggles and trials. Not only can we have peace and assurance in the midst of physical, emotional, and spiritual trials, but we are to count it as joy when we meet these trials. When we meet these trials, whatever they may be in all circumstances, especially when we face trials and tribulations which tend to make us anxious and worried, we, we are to count it as joy because it helps us as believers to grow in our faith, even though, if I'm being honest, it's definitely not fun at the time. When we find ourselves in the middle of the trial and tribulation, our gut response is often to worry and become anxious, and that's natural. What's not natural is to choose to trust the Lord in these circumstances. It takes practice, and Philippians 4 promises that. When we pray and give thanks, we will receive the peace of God. Which it states in Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this isn't a quick fix or a shortcut to joy. Like I said, trials in life are guaranteed and they are not fun. However, our response to these trials and tribulations is something we are to trust the Lord with. So back to the story. Immediately after the disciples came to Jesus, Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and the storm subsided and it was calm. But the same person through whom the universe was created, the winds and the waves were immediately calmed. The creator of the universe is still sustaining the universe. Jesus is sovereign over everything. I remember growing up in church, I heard the word sovereign thrown around, and I had no idea what it meant, but I gradually came to an understanding of what it meant. But sovereign means ultimate authority, ultimate power. Jesus is the ultimate authority, and Jesus is the ultimate power. He reigns and he rules over everything. And the disciples recognize this. And the disciples are terrified and they're amazed at the same time. The storm that they were afraid of subsided. And then they recognize who is in the boat with them. When Jesus asks, where is your faith? to the disciples, I try to imagine if I were one of the disciples in that situation. And I could imagine if Jesus asked me that in the boat, he says, where is your faith? I probably wouldn't have said anything, but would have thought in my head, yep, totally agree, definitely was terrified. Great point, Jesus, where is my faith? At this point, the disciples have been merely observers. They had heard Jesus share many messages Jesus had raised a mother's son from the dead, cast out demons, and he had healed many people. To this point in Luke, it it has been the disciples mainly observing Jesus changing 
other people's lives and being mere witnesses to the storms that others were facing. And it's at this point, it's where the disciples finally experienced Jesus changing the storms that's happening in their lives. And this is where they respond with, who is this? He commands the winds and the water, and they obey them. So is there a storm in your life that's currently going on? Storms can take many different shapes and many different sizes. Trials and tribulations come in different ways and in different fashions. But ultimately, and this is the really important part here, and this is the end of the sermon. So if you haven't been paying attention, right here. Focus here. So, as followers of Jesus, as believers in Jesus Christ, we find our rest, we find our hope, and we find our peace in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the bedrock and that is the cornerstone. That is the foundation of our faith that gives us the ability to weather whatever storm appears, shape or size. The new life that we receive through Jesus, the eternal life that we receive through Jesus is the anchor in our storms. There's a song and hymn called When We All Get to Heaven. It talks about eternal life that comes through Jesus. One of my favorite verses of the song says, Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. So just one glimpse of Jesus in eternal glory, seeing Jesus face to face while all the toils of life, all the storms that we face, be a vapor in the wind that disappears. If there's one thing that you take away from today's sermon, it is to remember that when you encounter any storm in your life, know that Jesus is sovereign over his creation and that he is the giver of peace in the storms of life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we know that you are sovereign over creation, that you are the ultimate power, that you are the ultimate authority. Lord, we pray that you would guide us through the storms, Lord Jesus, whatever they may be, whether they may be a job loss, uh, health problems, or the loss of a loved one. Just They can vary in so many different kind of ways. We just pray that you would give us the strength and that you would give us the peace to endure, Lord Jesus. And we pray for those who are on the other side of the storm, Lord. We pray that you would help those, pray us who are not in those storms, to just be the light towards those who are in those storms, Lord. And that you would help send those people into those lives who are facing those storms. Lord, we pray that you would trust you and know that you are the ultimate giver of peace. Lord, help us throughout the rest of the day. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.